I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast pre-round one 2022. We come to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has a solution for the dearth of umpires around Australia. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day Michael, g'day Junk Timers. Yes, we're only a week away or a week and a half away from the AFL men's competition kicking off and... We've, we've be, I've just been stunned, absolutely stunned by the news that uh, across the nation we are up to 6,000 umpires short than where we were previously. And I just, I don't understand. Why wouldn't anyone want to umpire these days? You give me, you give me 80 good reasons that someone as a junior at a junior level who's had a cup of urine spilt over him because he gave a shit decision doesn't want to come back and umpire the next year. Why wouldn't he? It build, it's a character builder. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to think of all the 14-year-olds uh, the 14, 14 out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I've been saying for a long time, Adam. They don't, they, don't, they don't want to work, okay? They don't want to work. They don't want to put in the hard yards. They're fucking lazy. They're yeah. lazy. They want to get up on a Saturday morning and get abused mm. by Karens nah. and boomers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute I mean, outrage. what are the... What are they scared of, for starters? I will get to the solution in a second. But they have, and this is, it couldn't be better protection in if you tried. They've got an umpire's escort. I mean, if you, if you wanted to be safe, you've got some random dad from, two random dads from each team who are walking out with the umpire. And they've got a vest on that says umpire's escort. Like, I am pretty sure that they are. That is like an elite protection unit. You couldn't the SAS. I'm pretty sure that there are umpires escorts beside Zelensky in Ukraine, and that's the only reason he hasn't been assassinated at this point. These people protect <laughs> an umpire. They're an umpire's escort. You're not going to get hurt. So fucking just understand that you're going to be protected at all times, future umpires. And then also think about the weaponry they have on them. I mean, it's better than anything the Russian army's taking into Ukraine right now. Like that Absolutely. whistle on their on no. their middle finger. Like, I mean, yeah. if you take a punch with a whistle on it, like you're you're out straight away. Like even Mike yeah. Tyson like wouldn't want to take that punch. No, absolutely. Firstly, you're deafened by the the whistle, so your eardrums go pop pop, and then fucking then you get pop pop to the fucking face with a whistle. And then it's a bit like the Phantom, like you're left with a whistle mark on the on your face for the rest of the life. Yeah. You know about it. So, so my solution. So apparently, we are, we're six thousand umpires short, which is why there's been a bit of a crackdown on umpire abuse on the weekend. But I say that we we've just returned to international uh, travellers coming into Australia, right? So, we usually we send our um, uh, backpackers, we send them out fruit picking. Mm. I say we don't send them fruit picking. You know, fruit's overrated. People, we're not going to get scurvy anymore. I'm willing to pay higher prices if we get. If you get a couple of Dutch backpackers umpiring a game, I think they're, they're not going to be biased, Michael. 
They don't know anything about the game. You teach them, you go, right, that's holding the ball. They don't know any different. They don't know how it was two years ago. They don't know the interpretations, Shane. They come out, they blow the whistle, they call it. They have to have an interpreter with them, and that's fine. They'll work out. You know, there's 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 some bumps in this, in my theory, but it's going to work. You get international tourists, refugees. Stop sending them to Manus Island. Stop sending them to Christmas Island. Let's let them come. They umpire a season. They get citizenship. I think it's going to work. And then also on top of that, if you think about people in the crowd abusing umpires, if they don't, if they don't speak English, then they don't Mate. know what the abuse is. So it's like, oh, wow, there's, yeah. there's a very excitable crowd, but they're calling them white maggots, obviously. But it's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I, 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 these people are just having a good time, enjoying it. They don't know what a bald-headed flog is. You know, it's just... And also, too, if they're there and as they're walking off the ground, people are yelling at them, they're like, I feel like I'm a part of the society. They feel as one. Yeah. They've done a great job. My alternative was... um, Mm. Because we've got a lot of people in the the clink uh, Mm. with not much to do. Oh. You know, got about an hour of exercise a day. Oh, fuck. And so mm. I was thinking, like, maybe we some put the, some of those boys and girls to, to work so they can mm. go and umpire. So you'd, I think if you want to crack down on umpire abuse, you'd think twice mm. if you're a f- yeah. 15-, 16-year-old player and you appeal to the umpire about holding the ball and there's some bloke <laughs> with seven face tats and, you know, he's clearly got shiv marks on his neck. Like, you'd yeah. think twice before you have a go at that umpire, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, and I think it helps the um it it helps the prisoners as well because they get to slightly integrate back into society. Obviously, it's hard to umpire a game when you have a um uh, an ankle bracelet and shackles on. Yeah, but no one's reaching over, leaning over the fence, going, "You fucking orange maggot in your jumpsuit." You know, no one's giving it to them. So I reckon I think you're onto something there. What about okay, our um motorcycle. Uh, gangs get a lot of bad rap. Not from us. Not from us. Never from us. <laughs> not on this show. But you get the Comancheros. Obviously, you can't get like a boundary umpire, Comanchero, and a uh, field umpire, Bandito. Sure. That's not going to work. But, but you just get... Mixed marriage, the, yeah. Yeah, you just get the Comancheros into umpire one game. I'll tell you what, when they tell you the ball was touched, you're not going to the arc. You're not wasting any time. It is fucking on. And then also at halftime, instead of having the oranges, they give you one of their special pills. And the energy you have in the second half, I tell you what, <laughs> they pick me up. Yeah. I mean, the AFL wants high scoring games. You're going to get like 84 <laughs> goals each. And I'm there for it. I have heard, because there was a crackdown on the um, during the final preseason game, where the umpires have been red hot on any kind of, um, not even abuse, just sort of people... You know, throwing their arms up, going, "Oh, how did you pay that?" Fifty kind of straight uh, away. Demonstrative, I suppose you'd say. Yeah, and so I have heard firsthand from someone who um, is married or goes out with a low dog, and she said they were the umpires were told, "Go really fucking hard this weekend. Go over the top. Just call everything, even if someone just like just goes, oh, you're like fifty meters bang.'" Huh. And then I reckon. They'll pull it back a little bit for round one, just so the players think that this is what it's going to be like, and then they go, I, c- I can't say anything anymore. And then first round, they'll be like, you can say something. Yeah, you got to. So, yeah, so there was an article with um, Scott McInerney, mm. who uh, maybe he was on SEN or something like that, talking about the crackdown. Because uh, they, yeah, as we said, yeah, the umpires are cracking down on um, abuse. Um, so I think it was the Melbourne practice match, was it like Melbourne had like nine 50s against them? 
Yeah, they did uh, against Carlton. Although a couple of those, I think they, they had one that was a double, was just, it would have been given last year. It was just didn't give the ball back and then ran into the protected zone. So Gotcha, gotcha. So it says Scott umpired 500 games between 1994 and 2019, including two grand finals. I think 500, 500 games stand a lot, or are they including reserves games, do you think? I don't well, think umpires... it's 25 years. It's 25 years and 20 games a match. That kind of it works out, plus finals. But that means you can't have missed a game in that whole time. Hmm. Two grand finals. And also, I, th- I thought I thought we would have made a bigger deal out of an umpire at least reaching 500. Like, that is a fucking massive effort. Well, yeah, I feel like that's that's not senior games. I don't think an umpire's umpired three, 500 senior games. I don't think that's happened. Uh, but anyway, he was saying that they well, they want to crack down on stuff, not, not obviously abuse and stuff like that, but he talks about situations like deliberate out-of-bounds where three or four players were standing around appealing with their arms out. It's not a good look for the game. So they want to crack down on stuff like that. And then also forwards getting free kicks and defenders standing and pointing at the big screen. That's not a good look for the sport. So they're going to crack down on things like that. So it's not necessarily saying you're a low dog. It's like gesturing. Questioning decisions. Yeah. Yeah, but also too, haven't the AFL created the out of the deliberate out of bounds because they pay some that are really fucking obvious, and then the next week a guy will like kick it to the boundary, aiming for a teammate in the dugout, and they won't pay it. And you're like, well, my arm goes up. And every, if anything, it's on the AFL as well. If you got defenders pointing at the big screen, it's like, well, you guys paid for the big screens, like you guys put yeah. them up there. So you know, we can always go back to the old scoreboards, like the Adelaide Over scoreboard, but it's on you, yeah. AFL. Yeah, it, that didn't happen in the seventies, did it? No one questioned an umpire's decision in the seventies. They didn't point you know at the, the scoreboard. Other, <laughs> you know, the other issue, and this is AFL based as well, is that you can hear everything that the players say to the umpires now. So take away the microphones. And I don't think that that makes, like, you know, when you're at the ground and you're like, what was that decision for? And you don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it uh, easier when you find out. So take away the microphones. Players can say what they want and no one at home is hearing it. Therefore, the abuse, if a tree does it, if a tree falls in the forest, Michael, and it's not mic'd up and you call the tree a low fucking dog, did it happen? So very quickly, within about two or three scenarios, we have <laughs> essentially put the blame on the AFL for all of the umpire abuse. What are you whinging about, AFL? Yeah, exactly. You brought this on yourselves. You go fucking find your 6,000 umpires. How about you pay them properly? Then you'll get... You you, you offer an umpire 100 grand to uh, uh, umpire at a lower league. He's fucking doing every under-14 game across Victoria, across South Australia. He's driving states. He's flying on the red eye back from Perth on a fucking Sunday night because he's earning 100K. Have you ever umpired a, uh, a game? I was asked to umpire, I did a boundary for an under-19s VFA match. Coburg played someone and I was just lost. VFA, um, I'm sorry, boundary umpiring is fucking so hard. It is so hard. Like you are running the entire time. I remember doing it once for like an under-19s game or something. And like within like five minutes I was like, oh, this is like a massive mistake. Like I've made a huge error here. Two kicks and you're 100 metres behind the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I remember one of the opposition to- uh, coaches yelling at me because I was, like, on the 40 metre mark or something while someone was having a shot for goal. And he's like, you're meant to be at the boundary. You're meant to be at the boundary at the point post. And I was like, I can't. I can't. But see, it's that kind of abuse that turned you away from long-term umpire. Yeah, true. So I mean, if that, you think that's about on it, him. If you think about it, I mean, I, I probably was on a trajectory to – Umpire over 500 <laughs> games, two grand finals. Yeah. But, 
It's just that kind of stuff that still scars me after all these years. I just ha- thought, like, I reckon I must have been maybe under 14s. I, I certainly wasn't older than that. I reckon I might have been under 12s. And these are adults. And how the fuck they expected me to actually keep up was just beyond me. Like, I, no matter how fit or fast I was, I was a kid. I was a child. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like, like nowadays more often, like, I don't remember ever being umpired by, even when I was, like, a kid, I don't ever be remember being umpired by a teenager. Like, nah, it was always nah, an adult. They're always adults. I mean, you I know... You felt better uh, abusing an adult. I know going watching my nephew play, I'm trying to think about football. Oh, well, I'm trying to think about watching his umpires when he's playing football. But more, I can still pick, oh, I picture in my head him playing basketball. And it's always a teenager. Yeah. Like, it's always a teenager. Well, being one of your relatives, who umpires his fencing matches? Huh. Um, Funny. Nice. Gotcha. You really nailed me there, mate. You really nailed me there, hey? Fucking gotcha. Hey, and you can expect more of that kind of witty banter at our live show, Junk Timers. At our live show, April 3, Sunday, uh, at the European Beer Cafe. Tickets can be found at trybooking.com. Oh, we have a scoop. We have a scoop. Oh, one of the irons in the fire has come out. Scorching hot. Who is that person, Adam? It's going to be great. Uh, you failed to mention it's going to be at 4 p.m. on that Sunday afternoon. And we have none other than Western Bulldogs Premiership coach, Luke Beveridge, is going to be joining us on the afternoon. How fucking great is that going to be? Dude, it's going to be sick. Uh, particularly when I get to say, I'd like to get Luke Beveridge on the stage. Get it? No. When he brought Bob Murphy on the stage. Yeah, fucking. Oh, gotcha. Oh, God. Okay. That's what you can expect, junk timers, on the day. Yeah. Uh, so we got great. yeah. So we got Bevo, Adam and, Briggs, uh, and uh, also yeah. Also joining us is Adam Briggs. So it's going to be a fantastic afternoon of guests and fun and frivolity. And there are still going to be more guests to come. So uh, make sure you get your tickets because I reckon now that we've announced Bevo and Briggsy, uh, tickets are going to move pretty quickly. So get on board that junk timers. It's going to be yeah, fun. It's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. Can we do a three-hour show? Can we do that three-hour show? Absolutely, we can. I haven't started my festival show, uh, which I'll plug now. No, you calm down. It starts April twelfth, so we can do we can do a four or five hour show if we need to. So, you know. But uh, if you do want to get tickets to my show, uh, starts April twelfth. You can go to trybooking.com. Uh, there is a bit of a discount for junk timers. Uh, if you type in low dog, of course, the code word low dog, um, two words, of course, it's not one word, two words. And you get yourselves a little bit of a discount for being a junk time listener. I'm only doing 12 shows, so uh, that would be great. I like the idea that you can just type the word low dog into Google and it'll go straight to your tickets. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Hey, we had a pretty big week this week, Adam. We went to the um, the Fox Footy launch uh, on Wednesday. I came down yeah. to the lovely, beautiful Melbourne and... Um, it was a pretty cool, uh, fun event, wasn't it? If you haven't heard the uh, episode that we did, we talked to... Uh, it was the previous episode, so yeah, search through that. Um, it was Gary Lyon, Jason Dunstall, Jakey Stringer, John Brown, uh, Gil McLaughlin, and... Yeah, um, Nick Revolt. Uh, Nick Revolt, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great, and it was all thanks to Fox Footy, so make sure you check out the wonderful shows on Fox Footy. Do you think Gil enjoyed our jokes about the AFL Kitchen and Bar... As much as we did, I'm gonna say no. I, I he, listening back to it, he he changed the topic quite masterfully. Well, he kind of he kind of talked about being. He kind of went from the 
jokes about him being Gordon Ramsay and going and yelling people about the premiership pepperoni. <laughs> and then he kind of changed the topic quite very smoothly and quite beautifully. But I was like, listening back to it, I was like, has he has he purposely done that to kind of get off the get off the topic? Well, I re- I reckon he has. He's very he's very masterful at that. Just because what can he say that? Like he can talk it up and we'll just shut it down anyway. So yeah, I reckon sure. he's on a hiding he's on a hiding to nothing. So I think best for him to just at least talk about something that, you know, like we moved on to um, you know, what games does he turn off? And he again very diplomatically said, any blowout. And it's kinda like, fuck, this guy's good. There's a reason it like if we had I reckon if we had said that to Andrew Demetriou, he would have punched either of us in the face. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Gil is just very good. He's just a, he's a good operator. He's nimble. He is very nimble. Um, but yeah, again, thank you to Fox Footy for having us uh, having us there, and then head back in the archives and uh, check out the episode. Uh, a lot of stadium talk of the bit uh, late, Adam. Well, it's gone crazy. Like uh, as we as we, I don't think we got a good chance to talk about it with Gil, but um, there's a couple of new uh, screens, big screens at Marvel Stadium. Because remember they were doing that big Renault at Marvel Stadium and they were talking about how there was going to be a, a running track outside mm. it and, you know, there was just it was just going to bring people. Like, sure, you could go around, you could run around the beautiful um, sites of the Botanical Gardens if you wanted to or you could run alongside the Yarra. There's the Merry Creek Trail, there's Princess Park. Well, you wouldn't do any of that because you would want to be down at the windswept concrete monstrosity that is the Docklands. That is the place to run. Well, I mean, I always find after I go for a big run, I need a half chicken and chips from Nando's just to kind of, you know, <laughs> refuel. But they, they yeah. talk about, wasn't they talking about being like a $250 million reno? Like, have they renoed inside? Like, or I mean, the screens won't come cheap, obviously. But do you know anything about what they've done inside the actual ground? Weren't they putting in like, um, f- like big function rooms? I think there was supposed to be, they were putting in space to be able to do, say, they wanted to have the brown low or any event like that was able to be hosted at the sort of oh. AFL headquarters. Interesting. Or do yeah. have they just oh, bu- I thought that was one of their big moves. <laughs> or have they just like bought the screens and then just like cuz the AFL house offices are there. Has Gil mm. just added like you know a gold plated jacuzzi and a steam room into the back of his <laughs> office or something? Absolutely. Um, do you reckon actually, like as, as a group they like they just at lunchtime they go do you want to go watch the latest uh, Ozark? We'll put it up on the big screen. Okay. So they all just sit a couple of deck chairs out in the middle of the um, of Marvel underneath those big tanning lights. So they're all getting a beautiful... That's why they look so golden down at AFL House because they're watching the new season of Ozark while they're getting a tan, eating their half chicken and chips. The only problem being, though, they use like the stadium Wi-Fi. Therefore, it's like just fucking buffers every three seconds. Have you ever <laughs> have you connect. ever been able to get onto the Wi-Fi properly at the ground and like actually have it work properly? I've never in I all my time. Don't. I reckon I probably tried. When would it have been? It would have been a Telstra dome type thing, like even before Eddie had, and I've just gone, "This is fucking terrible," and just never gone back to it. Yeah, sure, sure. Now I wonder about this actually. Now you're saying they're putting in function rooms and stuff like that because it's not mm. uncommon. I mean, I've I think I've had one. I didn't go to the wedding, but I know one person who had their wedding reception at the MCG, like in some room there. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever had a friend do that? Yeah, well, uh, Fitzy, friend of the show, Ryan uh, Fitzgerald, got married at Adelaide Oval. So yeah. I know that they went out and had a kick on the Oval after, like in, during the reception. They did that. 
I and I imagine you could you, you get the G like the you know the the MCC the long room all that kind of stuff is quite you know um, it's got some history to it. I can't imagine the same at Marvel. That's what I was about to say. I was like, if yeah. if someone sent me an invitation and saying that the mm. a you've got the word Marvel on your fucking <laughs> wedding invite, but if well, someone you'd said, like that because you love children's movies. If you sent me an invitation, like I, c- I can't see it having the the same. Gravitas. Taste or class, yeah. Compared to the an MCG wedding reception, yeah, to kind of rock up to Marvel and there's like Iron Man. You walk through the door, there's Iron Man. There's a few <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you head up, yeah. you know, heading up to level three for the, you know, beautiful reception and wedding dance. Yeah, but if you're if you're a nervous groom, you you can go run around the track on the outside now. That's a good point, and you can and broadcast. You know on what the big is screen. a really good thing. Yeah, you could put it on the big screen, but also, you know what can ruin a r- wedding is when it rains. So you can start it and go, oh, it's going to rain. Hold off for 40 minutes, priest man. We're just going <laughs> to close the roof. <laughs> priest man. Yep, that's what they call it, Adam. That's what they call it. <laughs> so Eddie's talking about putting a roof on the MCG. Yeah, and- so uh, he got excited. He went to the to the Super Bowl, to SoFi Stadium. Oh, sorry, sorry, I should clarify. Um, it's this guy called Eddie Maguire. And he's a, a Collingwood supporter. He's a, okay. a Collingwood supporter, and he—I don't know—he must have a lot of connections because he talked about a few months ago how he helps them out with sponsorship deals and helps out the AFL with sponsorship deals and stuff like that. But he's just a Collingwood supporter, just a guy who barracks for Collingwood. Well, he's a sports fan. He went to the Super Bowl as well. I believe he probably paid really high prices for those tickets because they were not easy to come by. So anyway, he went to that. And he went to the $8 billion SoFi Stadium uh, in LA, which is where the Super Bowl was, which is an amazing um, venue, which I was talking to Jonathan Brown at the Fox Footy launch before we uh, went on air with him. And he was saying that the ground is actually set into the earth. Yep. So what you see from the outside is like two-thirds of it above and then the rest of it is like a underneath like kind of cauldron i guess yeah i know what you mean yeah i remember i went did a tour of stanford bridge chelsea's home ground in end of 2019 and they uh they want to build a new one because it is a bit rickety uh, which yep. probably, probably adds to its you know charm as well but they said that they their plan was to expand the attendance but they would have to bury it into the earth to be able to build up taller but also there's yep. the rule that um, you have to be able to see St. Paul's Cathedral from the ground, for like from standing on, right? on, standing on the pitch. Yeah. And so they say we can't just like go really high. We have to dig into the ground so you can still see St. Paul's over the top of the stands. Now everyone talks about the most amazing grounds that they've been to and, you know, you, you see the high-tech ones. What's the shittest ground you've ever watched and uh, like a professional, professional sporting sports. event at? That's a really good point. Let me think. Sorry, that's a question. That's a huge question without notice. I would say for me, because I had to stand in the away section, was Fulham at Craven Cottage. Um, Oh, yeah. That was like really low rent, just standing on concrete steps, windswept. There was no cover there because that was for the home, uh, where the home people sat. So that that was pretty rough and ready. Do you think that that would have been renovated since then, though? Like, didn't, hasn't Fulham kind of moved into Premier League and up and down a bit? Like, you know, got my money. Yeah, they were they were first division when I saw them, and then they went to uh, Premier League, and I think they might have dropped back even, or if they're in there at all at the moment, I haven't followed it of late. But when I was there, they were only first division. But Mohamed El Fayed did own them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I 
I don't have enough memory. I, I remember going to Junction Oval, but I don't have enough memory of it. Uh, it was only like one game. Um, yeah. It's a really good question, actually. I don't. There's an, I can't um, can't say one jumps out. Uh, actually, it's a question without notice. Okay, so come on, mate. That's it's not a massive fair. question without notice. I That's know. not fair. I wasn't impressed. But Eddie was saying. I wasn't impressed by Rome's Olympic Stadium. I didn't think that was anything special, but it is quite old. What about like, the Coliseum? I mean, fucking do some <laughs> Renos, you know? Put a screen in there. It's fucking the fl- the the ground shit ass like that is. That needs some work. Well, let me tell you what though. The I mean, the Lions are dominant there. Like it's a it's a cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's it's a gabatoire. <laughs> they they really do. But back to Eddie. Yep. He was saying after visiting SoFi Stadium that the MCG could probably have a roof on it, or at least mm. a sliding roof over the top. What's your now, take on that? Now, you're a traditionalist, Michael. What would you... Could you see the MCG ever getting, like, a, a, a roof that would go over the SK Warn uh, uh, yeah. stand? You know, they're talking about knocking that down and building it again, the southern stand? I reckon we don't knock that down. I think we just kind of spruce it up a little bit, if that's possible. Because it, yeah. it, it is... It is Noticeably, kind of aged against the new ver- the other half of the ground. You know <laughs> what I find really weird is how they built they rebuilt the northern part of the ground after the southern stand went up, and they're different heights. Like the mm. ground doesn't match like the mm. roof, and you just go, surely it just becomes a uniform fucking height. Like you don't just go, oh no, we'll just build this side up better. You like just make it a normal fucking ground. You kind of feel like the southern part so it matches. You kind of feel like someone fucked up with a ruler. Hey, like they got the measuring tape out and they were like, oh shit. They're trying to make yeah, it like it's—it's it's almost like when um, people build a bridge and they go, "Oh, hope it meets in the middle." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and um, they fucked it up. I actually—we talked about this brownie on the um, on the previous pod, and I actually have a thinking that I don't mind the idea of a roof. Now I'm not fussed about it being wet and windy and cold and stuff like that, but I kind of figure like I think like the idea of like roofs are like, well, if you can have them, why not have them? Does that is that sacrilegious? Yeah, I, I think I think it is a little bit. I think on a ground where it's like um, like the two thousand and ten grand final, two thousand and nine grand final, Geelong St Kilda. I, I don't think I think it would have been a completely different game if it was a dry day, and I think it, it just made it such a, a better. Even though it was kind of shitty for the fans there, and it was. It was a punishing sort of game because it was so wet. I think it just made for a better game, and you would lose that all the time. And I think, I think it's still a good thing that we have that because not every ground has a roof on it. But then, okay, put a roof on, and then we get the Geelong St Kilda round fourteen game or whatever from that year. So, you know, well, that was one of the best games of all time. So, so there, there, there you go. It's under roof. So I've, I've come around. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the practicalities of it, but also I probably also. If you think about it, if a roof is good enough for Wimbledon, traditional-wise, then it's probably good enough for the AFL. True. I hear you. I hear you. I tell you what, though. Forget what the MCG is doing. Tassie and their AFL campaign, they are wanting to bring in a $750 million retractable roof, 27,000-seat stadium on reclaimed land nestled on the banks of the Derwent River at Regatta Point. I don't know where Regatta Point is, but... Not Sounds totally pretty sure. amazing. I think I think they've gone. Uh, I think they've gotten a bit excited down in, in Tassie. Uh, they are now. Um, if I remember correctly, this is conditionalised on the fact that they get a team. Am I right? They're not just going to build it willy nilly. 
I'd build it and they will come. Isn't that what Field of Dreams taught us? I suppose so. And they've already got the nickname Devil's Stand, which is pretty handy. Yeah. So you'd hope you'd hope the uh, you hope the AFL go with the name Devils. I was thinking about that before. Like, do you think Devils is like are people are people going to arc up and be like, oh, that's satanic? Like, I know we have the demons already, but like, do you think people in this modern era where people get narky about everything? I mean, you can't say anything, Adam. I mean, you can't say anything <laughs> anymore. Do you think people, Mate, would, get nar- do you think people would get narky about Devils, or do you think it's just like, ah, oh, it's an animal? No, I think because it is an animal, I think we're okay. Oh, I would prefer just fucking bypass all that and go with the Tasmanian Satanists. Yep. Just yep. fucking put it out there. Gee, the fucking pregame would be good. <laughs> Absolutely it would. You know, there's spitting blood. There's, like, people just dressed in black. It's fucking great. you got you got, like, goths have never really had a sport that they can go to. Mm-hmm. And now you've got goths migrating from all over the country heading down with their white face paint and their long black coats and they're checking out they're checking out the game and it's like it's almost like you're bringing back the duffel coat except it's a big goth one now this one is very much the roof on um stadium and i suppose yeah. you could probably then use it for things like big bash maybe concerts although not many big bands go down to tassie unfortunately but no, uh, and then local teams i suppose could play there as well um and then I mean, could you have the cricket there? Does it kind of become the new Bell Reeve? Yeah, I, I guess well, it overtakes that. I suppose the biggest issue, though, is one that we've spoken about previously on this uh, podcast, is how are they going to get goalposts down there? Because they are very hard to come by in Tasmania. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. I mean, luckily, though, now, like, borders are opening and the like, and, you know, the yeah, world is opening up. You just up, can't rely on it. You can't rely on goalposts always being there, Michael, you know. We always thought that... You know, I mean, look at the sky. Uh, maybe they'll be there, but they're going to be very expensive. And then I think the most shocking news of the last couple of weeks is the fact that Red Rooster is no longer going to be at the ABC. At the ABC. <laughs> I was going to say that. At the MCG. Now, tell me, take me through your food habits at the football. What do you like to nibble on? Um, I will rarely eat at the footy just because mm-hmm. I might get some chips, some, you know, some really undercooked cold chips is what I really enjoy eating at the footy. Maybe if I'm going to eat anything, I might get a hot dog or fish and chips. I'll almost never get a pie because of the greasy, sickening feeling that I'm left with for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. You're not like it. You're but not mostly. Yeah. Would you ever dabble in pizza or like a chicken and chips? Like I've never, I've never touched Red Rooster or a pizza or anything at the football. I find like that, that really interesting that they have crust and red rooster. I don't think I've ever seen them at the football. Yeah, I think there's. I'm trying to think. I think there's one in the area that I go to. Um, I can't remember a crust, but I think I don't think it's like a crust outlet. I think it's more just like crust pizza itself. Yeah. You know when you go and I mean, get your pie. But you know me, mate. Eating's cheating. It's just getting in the way of the mid-strength beers. You know. Well, that's I the just thing. Can't. I, it's mid-strength. I, I don't want that soaked up. I want that going straight into the bloodstream as many as I can get. You know, I want I want to spend, you know, $240 on being mildly tipsy. That's what I was curious about, actually, because when you say you don't eat, yeah, I'm like, yeah, because, you, you know, you you don't want anything to soak it up. Soak up those nah. sweet mid-strengths. I think at so best... They're, they're, replacing, they're replacing it with uh, Royal Stacks, which is a burger chain that I have not heard of. Me neither. Uh, but they, I'm just going to their website now. And also Gammy Chicken or Gamey. I'm not sure. G-A-M-I. You wouldn't call it Gammy, would you? That doesn't sound good. I, I think you'd call chicken. it Gammy, yeah. So that'd be the um, Korean chicken joints. 
Oh, okay. And then also you can have Guy Grossi, the chef, is going to be kind of uh, essentially having a Italian restaurant in the committee room. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. They made a big deal about that. All the articles and stuff were about like, oh, you know, this, you know, super duper foods coming to the MCG. It's like, no, essentially they're just opening up a little mini restaurant, you know, that you can go to during the week as well. Like it's, yeah, let's not, they were kind of like going, oh, there's, you know, Italian restaurants taking over from Red Brewster. It's like, no, no, there's fucking using a bit of extra space because they, they realize we've got this fucking committee room that we only use like 30 times a year. I reckon that would be a great place to actually dine. If you could go there during the week, to the MCG, um, that would be a pretty cool place to be, wouldn't it? Like, I've been to a couple of book launches there and functions at the MCG. It's just fucking amazing to walk in when there's no one there and to be in a function room in the MCC. I've got a collar. I'm allowed in. Huh. It's an amazing place to be. Live show, possibly, do you think? Dinner and show, Adam. Here we go. Here we go, junk timers. Would anyone be interested in a fuck? Imagine how quickly once they started hearing us, uh, you know, the, the six-minute-long live show we'd do at the MCC. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like some old time would come down and you know switch off the microphones and we'd get banned yeah. for life. What did you call the Pope? <laughs> hey, uh, some gambling news, Adam, which we enjoy. Um, Gold Coast Suns oh, player Reese Nichols has been suspended for two games and fined five thousand dollars for betting on AFL games. Uh, now, unfortunately, and this is this is on him actually. If he did use Junkbet, mm. our betting company, this yeah. never would have happened. Okay, and we want to appeal to every AFL player and official out there: just sidle up to us, send us a tweet, send us an email. Tell us that you want to put some some cash down. We'll give you some fantastic odds, and then if yeah. you win, we'll break your thumbs and we're not going to pay you. Now it's yeah, a very simple thing. Also, our our byword is discretion. You come to we're like we're like the Ashley Madison of gambling. Like you come to us, and no one, not even your closest loved ones, will ever know that you've placed a bet on you kicking between two and five goals in a game. Yeah, discretion. Blackmail, like there are many different ways you can you can <laughs> phrase it. Yeah, but I can't yeah. I can't quite work out, Adam. And maybe we can you know see if this story holds up. Yep. He says he wasn't the one to physically place the bets, but he still gets it. so ten bets totaling two hundred fifty six dollars, and none of yep. them won. So he said he didn't place the bets, which I'm, I presume means that either somebody's gone into a TAB with the money for him. Or that someone's used his account to place the bets. Well, they say later in the article that even if it's your account and you don't place the bets as a player, that you are still responsible for it. So what I'm thinking is, as we all do, you know when you just leave your phone unlocked, right, and you have the sports bet account opened up and you still got to log into that and you've already logged into that but you leave it there just you just leave your phone and one of your fucking rat bag mates comes along (laughs) and places 10 bets specifically for 256 dollars six of them on the gold coast suns which is a team that you happen to play for and of course none of them got up because he bet on the gold coast suns yeah and it's happened to all of us michael like the amount of times and you know what i i I love it and I hate it, right? My mates do it all the time. I'll leave my phone out nah. and and they'll, they'll put quaddies on. They'll put all these bits on. And I've won tens of thousands of dollars. And they just go, oh, Rosie, mate, that's just that's just the advantage of leaving your phone unlocked. Right? <laughs> you, you win some, you lose some. 
And so I'm, I'm fucking, that's how I'm doing very well. It's because I've got really good mates. They're rat bags. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes off, I mean, good on you, fellas. I love it. They're experts. Like they're, you know, they're um, colourful racing identities. So they know they their are. stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, mate, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you show me the, um, your, your tally like last week. And I was like, shush. Like that's enough for, a, you know, to buy a place on the Gold Coast. Hey, this. So um, he is. So he's been suspended uh, for only two games. So do you reckon? And Nathan Buckley made a point of this this afternoon. Just said, or yesterday, yeah, today. He said, "Do you think that Jaden Stevenson is a bit stiff?" Now he copped a ten-game suspension, 12, 12 suspended with a, a twenty thousand dollars fine or something like that. Yeah, when the article came about, and I did see the fine, I was like, "That doesn't quite add up," because I don't think Jaden Stevenson was. 10 bets wasn't that like one or two for like a multi or something I think it might have been three but he also bet one on Collingwood to win and two on him kicking a few goals like I think he just went a little bit kind of um, a little bit detailed in a game that he was playing to himself okay yeah sure so we've got six to on the Suns games here yeah that he did not play in okay yeah okay AFL I get it yeah but also I think like uh, maybe Jaden's been was around a bit longer and was like kind of you should know a bit better mate like Maybe that yeah, could be a thing. And also the AFL are kind of like um, when they said Reese Nichols has been um, uh, betting on games, the AFL like, <laughs> uh, who is uh, this Reese Nichols person you're talking about? And by the way, who, who, are, the, who are these Gold Coast Suns that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, and I they go, he, bet on, he bet on the Suns? Yeah, all right, give him two weeks. That's kind of silly. But, but not, none of it compares to our favourite gambling uh, story when Dean Wallace went into a oh, Bendigo TAB in full Essendon tracksuit and <laughs> somehow got done. I mean, yeah, and he was how, also... You've got to be uh, unlucky. They, um, he was in the full tracksuit. He's gone into the TAB mm. and also you could hear mm. him. They, they, the thing that did him over is saying out loud, he was like, oh, gee, I wish I'd kicked the ball and said I got tackled by Fraser Brown. That was like he was saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Hey, uh, can we talk quickly about this uh, Darwin Buffaloes footballer? Mate, I'm a big fan of the Darwin Buffaloes. What do you got for me? Well, actually, congratulations for being the Darwin Buffaloes. I think Buffaloes is a cool mm. name for a, uh, a football team. So this player, so he got a two-week suspension, so in the Northern Territory Football League, because he drank alcohol during the game. Okay, this is... Okay, there, there are a lot of problems in the game, Adam, and these are the things yep. that we, we need to shut down. Players should be allowed to drink during the game, obviously. That goes without saying. But if you, uh, did you actually watch the footage? So he, a, a fan runs out into the goal square, yep. and the guy literally like takes a sip of a can of beer, and they all go, yay! Yeah. And then he got put on social media, and he had to apologise, and he had to take all the social media posts down, and then he got suspended for two weeks. I, f- I feel like that that's a bit of an overreaction. Oh, massively. I mean, he was fined two weeks for bringing the game into disrepute. Disrepute? I think... I thought it was pro-repute, if that can be a word that I just made up then. He brought... I'd never heard of the Darwin Buffaloes before, and now I am their number one fan. I am on board the Buffaloes. If I go to Darwin, I want to go see the Buffaloes play. Can we also get to the point that... um, Look, he's playing in the Northern Territory Football League. He's playing for a team from Darwin. Like, Mm. don't you expect them to be drinking during the game? Yeah, I, I can't believe this. I can't believe this is a one-off, or this is the first time it's happened. 
I think maybe they were more a bit, bit more annoyed by the social media um, stuff he got because I think he actually has quite a large social media following. I think he's like a fitness guy or something. Was it Tom? Yes, that is Tom correct. Bouch, 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 Bouch. And so I think that might have it kind of got more than he um, more attention than they anticipated. Therefore, they had to kind of crack down on him. But I'm it I'm probably, it encouraging it. I'm encouraging it for everyone. We should do that this year. When Buddy kicks his thousandth, thousandth goal, just everybody runs out with a can and holds it up for him. That's a great idea. Get it out to him. And if Buddy has a sip, what are they going to do? Suspend him for two weeks? I don't think so, AFL. I think, you know what, there's enough advertising around the ground promoting that great product that we're handing to him. I don't think you can blame that on us. What do you reckon, though, uh, a Darwin Tribunal would have been like? Like, how long would that have taken? Do you reckon they're at the pub? They go, you've got four weeks. He goes, I'll shout around. They go, two weeks, done. You're out. Let's go. It's <laughs> yeah, party. I picture, I picture like, you know when they uh, the Simpsons did an episode in Australia and uh, they have the Prime Minister of Australia, like, you know, lying on a tyre, essentially, in a, in, a, in a swamp. I think it's yeah. more like that. Yeah, people are like, there's definitely a, there's definitely a pool bar, I reckon, <laughs> at the tribunal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, footballers in real life, man, we got a, we got a bunch this week. Yeah. Um, and by the way, actually, let me think. What was it Tuesday? And we talked about it with Gil. Any questions about the AFL Bar and Grill? Yeah, you haven't been there yet, have you? I have not. No. Um, so you you went there on your flight down from Sydney to Melbourne before the Fox Footy launch. I did. And I had you to popped in there. I did. I had to charge my phone because I was on like three percent. But you know what's funny? I got off the plane and I was like, oh, geez, I better charge my phone. And then I was like, oh. I get to go to the Apple Kitchen bar and actually genuinely put a spring in my step as I kind of walked towards right. it. And then I got in there. Now, okay, how big is it? How many people could it hold when it was packed? Obviously, it would have been packed when you were there, but how many people would you say? For sure, for sure. Obviously, I had a three-hour wait. Um, I reckon probably 50. So you walk in okay. and there's a bar on the on the right. And then so what I'm hearing is that's perfect wedding size. Am I right? Sorry? Perfect wedding reception size. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's actually... Mm. Some of the regrets I had of not asking Gil questions was like, could could I have a wedding there? Like, yeah. could I have could I book in my family for Christmas dinner? Like, do you do could that be the venue for a junk time live show? It actually could fucking well be. I think it would cost us through the nose, but it would be fucking amazing if we did one day mm. have a live show there. Like, that would be incredible. I, I think I don't think it's impossible. I think we'd have to tone down the language so that people walking by don't hear. Swear words because they don't have because they don't have proper doors like they just have like a grill gate. But you know what we could do is we could um, you know meet the junk timers say at uh, Fed Square or Southern Cross Station. We hire a bus, we get out there, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to you know we don't have to go separately on the Sky Bus. We all go out there. We do yeah, yeah. We do a bit of a tour. We stop off at Essendon's home ground out in Tulla Mm -hmm. on the way. Maybe go past you know Windy Hill on the way. That's you know not 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 pop into sexy land. Yeah, exactly. On the way in Airport West, there we can do a lot of things on the way, junk timers. So, you know, it'll be an exciting day for us to go there. Fuck, this could this could really work. No, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I can I can hit them up. But um, so so yeah, bar on the right, and then there's like kind of like a middle bit where just have stools, like, um, and yeah, small spots. So and then a bunch of tables. Now on the back of the yeah. seats at the tables, they have names of Brownlow Medal winners. And the year they won, uh-huh. and then and then number. So there's probably like there's I remember there was Bucks, there was Teasdale, uh, who else was there? I think Fife. Um, 
and and then there's a ladder. Like they've got a ladder. Like of hang on, just know. on those seats though. Was there like um a seat that no one would ever sit at because it's Shane Y. Woden's? I was one? about to say that. I was I didn't say Wowie, but I was wondering, yeah, if if there's a reason why he didn't get a he didn't get a Guernsey. <laughs> And then they have a ladder, so like in big yep. ladders they have all the teams, and then um they've got a couple of screens showing photos and highlights and the like. And then there's like uh, what would you call it? little encased in glass like the uh, they had like white boots. I'm not sure if they were saying they were cappers, but they kind of you know just look like cappers. And then they have like little plaques kind of explaining certain rules and stuff like that. But then fuck this man, I got charged twenty bucks for a glass of wine. I didn't fucking it's bullshit. So I went up to the, I didn't get this. I went up to the bar. And I said, can I get a glass of wine? And she's like, oh, you just order at the table. And I'm like, yeah, but you could give me you could give me one now. <laughs> so, you know, they do the QR code. And so you got to go through. And then this is where they sting you because they get your email. They get your fucking phone number. They get all the information. And then I just, well, I didn't really look at the price. And then the bill came through to my email. And I was like, $20 for a fucking glass of wine. Even for the airport, that's fucking steep. steep. And then this, the menu is pretty, pretty plain it's parma pizza a few salads like nothing really leapt out there was and and the it was premiership pepperoni and my midfielders margarita and then there yeah. was the rookie burger i think it was which is that were the only three kind of football i would i would have liked a bit more punny stuff in the menu yeah so I, I wouldn't associate a margarita with midfielders you know i just yeah. think they've gone for the alliteration there and they've just gone oh this is great and you're like yeah i don't reckon you put that much thought into this but I mean, I suppose you get, you know, I mean, I midfielders, meat lovers, come on, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I mean, it does have two Michelin stars, so you know, you kind of yeah, can't, yeah, you know, can't sniff at that. What do the staff wear? Are they dressed like umpires? Are they dressed like goal umpires of the days of yore? Uh, what are they dressed like? See, this is why we need need the AFL need us in their in their planning because they're they're just wearing like regulation, like you know, blue top or whatever, like. Fucking ridiculous fancy. AFL. What are you doing? Do they bring your wine out? Do they bring it out backwards? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Fucking come on, AFL. That's the thing. They they should kind of give me the glass and then like, you know, throw the wine over their back <laughs> into the... Yeah. And, um, you know, bring out the... When they bring out the food, like fucking bring, have Captain Carlton bring out the food, you know, like yeah. put a bit of fun into it. On a hovercraft. A mini hovercraft. Um... You know, go to the, you go to the toilets and there's like an animatronic Wayne Carey in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, who you saw someone after the Fox Footy launch, football in real life? Yes, so I had left the Fox Footy launch after we'd spoken to all those amazing guests, and I was walking up Exhibition Street, no Russell Street, walking up Russell Street, and I saw none other than Essendon and Hawthorne champion, the Big Fish, Paul Salmon. Ah, oh, wow, difficult to miss. Yes, uh, so he was in a suit and he was carrying a uh, like a briefcase type thing and he did that look like as I was looking at him going, it's fucking fish and he kind of did that kind of, yeah, I'm famous kind of nod like, yeah, you know me, mate. You know, I'm and I was like, I think I've met him a couple of times and I was going to be like, eh, no, just, uh, just fucking keep moving, mate. He doesn't know who you are. Keep yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but often you do that when you find, you, you see a football in real life and you feel like you know them, you know, and you kind of look at them and you go, yeah. oh, no, actually, I don't know you. I don't know you. Yeah, and then, and then, then just yesterday, so I went to the um, uh, Carlton Gold Coast Suns AFLW match at Princess Park, and I was waiting out the front for a friend, and I saw a commentator who I really was surprised to see at this particular game, none other than the Bristol himself, Roaming Brian Taylor. No way. 
Yeah, walking in. So he was with uh, two younger guys. So I assume maybe his sons. He was in like a um, like a, a, a sort of a heavier jacket with shorts on and kind of coolish runners, sort of Adidas cool runners. Okay, sure. Do you think Fish uh, uh, Bristle goes and sits with the the salt of the earth, or do you think they've got a little spot for him? He can kind of wander into a commentary box or something. No, he was on the wrong side of the ground for commentary, so he was just with the regular punters like you and I, Michael. Well, uh, below you and I, but just regular people. Yeah, wow. And so when you saw him, did you just kind of instinctively just mouth, boy, oh boy, wow, wait? Yeah, and I just went over there and just asked him a whole heap of inane questions about <laughs> the stuff that he was doing. What are you eating? He really enjoyed it. He, he loves it. He's a man of the people. He, he loves that kind of chit-chat. Now, we got an email during the week from, I actually can't, I haven't got the name in front of me right here. But uh, cause we were talking Mineral Resources Park uh, in WA the last time we did the pod because yes. we talked about, was it the Collingwood uh, AFLW yes, team? And they had to kind of use team, one yeah. bathroom and two players had to sit in the rooms because of the COVID restrictions and everything. So we got this email, uh, Mineral Resources Park is not some shitty suburban ground. Because I think we talked it down, talking about how yucky kind of those old suburban yeah. toilets are. It's West Coast's state-of-the-art new f- training facilities, a few minutes' drive from the famous footbridge. Uh, fuck knows how or why the AFLW teams were used in some shitty shared toilet. My guess would be <laughs> they were used in the Perth Demons facilities at the same ground. They're in the WAFL. Uh, oh, they're waffles. God, a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you are an idiot. Uh Pretty sure that's the case. I blame uh, West Coast Eagles for being a bunch of cunts. <laughs> Free a supporter in case you couldn't tell. Then we have uh, from Steve. Uh, I work at a pub in the southeastern suburbs, and during the lead up to Christmas, none other than the recent Premiership player Clayton Oliver rocks up. The bar's pretty packed, but I really want to serve him. That's before a co worker pipes up saying, Oi, watch, I'll serve him. I'm going to stitch him up. Classic oh, stitch up. Here we go. Stitch Classic up on the way. Co worker then proceeds to ask him and his mates for ID. Clary then pulls out the old, don't you know who the fuck I am, before begrudgingly Great. producing. Asking uh, for a 6'1, 24 year old AFL footballer's ID isn't exactly my idea of a classic stitch up. <laughs> Nonetheless, the reaction was pretty great. Yeah, you'd be pretty upset if you're Clayton Oliver. Like, you're very distinctive. You've just won a flag. You're at the top of all of your games, and some young punk has the audacity to ask you for your ID. Uh, from a from a friend, Elise. And I fucking love it, by the way. With footballers in real life thin on the ground while they try to avoid COVID, I thought I'd share this one from my dad. He spotted Chad Corns in Glenelg one day in January and proceeded to take a photo of his car parked and shamed his parking abilities in his message to me. Chad apparently took a few goes of parallel parking. Uh, and it says, so there's a picture of the car. Oh, yeah, he's a bit out. He's probably about a foot out from the edge, do you reckon? Yeah, it's a pretty poor park. But he's got he's got the big, you know, the, the kind of the tough four-wheel drive, the Mitsubishi four-wheel drive. And at least shared a screen cap of the message. Chad Collins just parked out the front of Rose Street Clinic. He's not very good at parking. And I'm sure Katie Brennan was having coffee in the mall yesterday, if not someone who looked exactly like her, and Elise could confirm <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't Katie Brennan because she was actually playing uh, that night. She can have a coffee pre-game. Then we have from Morgs. Boys, saw Kappa again running on the uh, Kunung Trail. 
near Elga Park. Uh, Puna. Had, ah, there we go. Had the rig out and Sonny's on. Perfect. Love it. Gave him yep. a kappa as I ran past him. All he could manage was the point. He looked pretty cooked. Good on him for having <laughs> a go. Oh, oh dude. I fucking love it. That is fucking magical. To see Kappa, yeah, shirt off, Sonny's. That's that's all you want from Kappa, don't you? Yeah. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Hey, before we go, I just want to uh, give a couple of quick Super Coach League codes. Uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, hit us up on the email. Um, I'm just going to give out the fucking numbers now because I can't be bothered putting you all in individually. Um, if you want to jump in, we've got some leagues left over. They are 183954. That's uh, 183-954-219-567-219-567-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-131-874-731-874-731-874-731-874-731-874-731-874-731-874-731-874-
he just said, yeah, no, can I just, you know, try and do it like this? And he just bowled a ball that, like, spun about eight metres. <laughs> and my brother's like, <laughs> well, he's like, well, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not him going to do it. Yeah, we can't do it. Hey, just a reminder, we've got the live shows coming up April 3rd at the European Beer Cafe, 4pm. We've got Luke Beveridge and Adam Briggs. Jump on, try booking to get your tickets. And, of course, my show, No, You Come Down, April 12th, 12th shows. I'm on at 8.10 at night. And I just got word that the code word is low dog, but it has to be one word. So the low dogs wouldn't let us have... Low dog is two words. Low dog, one word. Get yourself a little bit of a discount. So come along, junk timers. We'd love to see your faces. And it's great to be doing live shows. Luke Beverage is going to be fucking great. We are going to hit the road. We are junk timer for Bot and Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. And congratulations to Essendon, who are going to win the flag, according to Mick Malthouse. So good on all of you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.